Welcome to the podcast of the Faithful Mom Boss Podcast. I'm so glad you're here joining me again for a great episode. I have Miss Lauren Whittington on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have her here. She Thank is you. a mama, a wife, an entrepreneur, and a fellow Texas girl. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we met in our podcast course, so that's how I got to know her. I'm Lauren. I've basically been low-key stalking you on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> stories. Um, so I feel like I know you, but now we're actually talking. <laughs> yes. Feeling is mutual. I've been doing the same. So. <laughs> so we'll just jump right into the conversation today. Hopefully I didn't steal too much of your thunder, but just let us know a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am a mom of three. I'm married to my husband coming up on five years in uh, New Year's Eve this year. will be five years. Um, so that's exciting. And then we've got three littles. We have a nine-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, they all turn another year older around the same week. <laughs> so we always laugh and say, God only gave me like one time to have children because <laughs> they all have like their three days apart and birthdays. Um, so they will be 10, four and two. And we, um, let's see, we used to live in Houston, Texas. I mean, for the majority of my life, I'm, I lived in Houston and we just recently in 2020 decided to kind of sell our home in the center of the city and move out here to Brenham, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we just kind of went all in with that. We've got a little homestead that we're setting up here and got some chickens and lots of land for our kids to just kind of play and roam. Um, and so it's been a big switch. I, um, you know, I was in corporate for 15 years, really kind of just climbing the ladder there and really found as I, you know, was growing my family and things like that, that it just, the lifestyle of corporate wasn't going to work for me. Um, and I just found a way to make, you know, money making activities, revenue producing activities, um, work for our lifestyle. And we've been really focused on doing that ever since, you know, that was probably around 2015. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I would say I'm an entrepreneur. I have, I teach and I practice having multiple revenue streams. If that's, you know, what people are willing to do. And I think now in the, the mm -hmm. Wi-Fi world, we, you know, have that ability so much easier than we ever did before when we see all these people with side hustles and, um, you know, even if it's working with an MLM or whatever it can be that you can really be at that job or you can be a stay-at-home mom and find something else and do it pretty easily from the comfort of your own home or at your fingertips on your phone. So yeah. that's just kind of a little bit about me. I love it. That's a lot and a lot of good stuff. What made you guys want to move to Brenham? I used to live in Houston for like nine years, which is yes. city, but yeah, what made y'all make the transition to Brenham? So, um, I think we just, you know, we had, my husband does not work from, uh, well, I'll say this. He works remote. His main office is in DC. Okay. So he's worked remote for many years. He works for the Washington football team and he travels and, and drives all around. And that's really his job. And then my job at the time was mostly in real estate. I had some other things I was doing, but it was all online, um, basically, or it could be transferable to another town. So right. when the pandemic hit, we were actually at a ranch, a membership ranch that we were a part of, and we were swimming and fishing and just out at the ranch with our kids. And we just thought, why not? I mean, why could we not do that? What would be the hardships for living out in the middle of nowhere? And, you know, what would that look like? What would schools look like? And we just really did a lot of research and Brenham's, you know, not too far from our family in Houston. It's a bit, about an hour. Um, and so we just started 
making day trips and checking it out. And we, we got really blessed on, um, I think God really just kind of put this property right in our path and it just all aligned and we made the switch. It was scary, but it was definitely the right fit. We got those signs kind of, you know, as, as we moved on. It seems like it was worth it too. I mean, like you seem like you guys are thriving and every time I see your kids, like they look, they're having fun and just enjoying the outdoors. So that's pretty cool to hear too. It's fun. And our kids, you know, it's just a different pace of life out here, you know, and our community is huge out here, which I think sometimes gets lost in a bigger city, even though you have like, especially in Houston, you have your little pockets, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think that here it's so, I mean, people just drop by you know, it, the community is so big. And our kids, my oldest said to me the other day, he was like, mom, this is the best thing you ever did was move me to this school and bring me here. And it was like, oh, it was such validation. Right. You know, like, we were like, praise <laughs> so glad. Oh, that's cool. And I like the other thing you said too, with like the, the shift now, like we're like, we're almost in like the middle of this, like we're living like this different era where it doesn't have to be the standard working mom situation or even family. Like it's not the standard working mom gets up every morning, gets up in her corporate suit or whatever she does. If she's in the medical field, gets in her scrubs or she's an attorney or what have you or whatever. And like goes into the office every day, has a long work day, then tries to squeeze in this little amount of time with some of the most important human beings of their lives. (laughs) Like it has to look like that. And it could be a hybrid of that. There's so many options now that it's like, whoa, like I didn't even think about these things until we started shifting from like COVID really exposed it, right? A lot. Yes. I love seeing moms like you like step into that, um, have the courage and feel empowered enough to do it. Cause I think a lot of moms are probably like, oh, I don't know. Like that's kind of scary. Like, and then if you have some of my traits, like where you're more conservative, you're like, I'm going to just stick to what I know because I have a family and all the things. So absolutely. I want to bring that awareness that there's options, just look for them and get support, get mentors, find courses, whatever you can to like start digging into what you maybe can do. Cause the possibilities are endless now. Like, absolutely. Yeah. You can be a boss. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I think that can look different, you know, for so many people, like for some, and I teach this, you know, on my podcast is like, and Marie Forleo says this a lot. She has a book called everything is figure outable. And mm-hmm. I think we think we need a degree or a certification, or we got to like check that box first. A lot of times to move into a different direction. And, you know, I think we're both here to tell you, you don't have to do that. A lot of times it's really, I mean, most of my businesses I started by learning how to do it on YouTube or, you know, (laughs) typing it into the Google search bar and you really can do that these days. So I think that's, that's really interesting. And I think that it can be anyone. It can be any personality type. It can be any background. Mm -hmm. If you have Google and you have, if you have search engines and you have a, a internet connection, you can figure it out. I mean, we could probably spend hours just on that topic alone. Um, the, mm-hmm. the last thing I'll say on that topic is that, which is something that we've both been learning too, is like, you don't think that because there's a lot of people doing stuff already that's like, oh, there's no room for me. Like everybody doesn't want to see a Stacy every day and a right. positive mood. <laughs> I deal with, I deal with other moods too, but like on the, on the surface, like, you know, showing up positive, showing up upbeat, like everybody's not in the mood for that all the time. Right. Everybody's not in the mood for a Lauren every day, you know? So like they're, they might be looking for your personality, the way that you deliver things. So don't think that there's no room for you. There's room for all of us. Sis. So That's I'm right. Curious. 
say that piece to it. And then I want to jump into a little bit about what you talked about when you, you left corporate, you were there for 15 years um, in like what we call like that stable W2 income, like yes, generally reliable, you know, unless there's some economic crisis. So can you share a little bit about what you specifically did in your corporate career? And then the story of how you ended up having the confidence and decision-making to actually leave corporate and then start your own, your own thing. Yeah. Well, and I think this happens to us often, right? Is that we, we've got like our, you know, mentally or emotionally or spiritually, whatever you feel, we've got like something pulling us kind of a different direction. And then also there can be external factors that are forcing us into a different direction, Mm. you know? And so I think for me, it was a little bit of both. I was in a really, I was probably working about 90 hours a week at the time I was a single mom. So my oldest was from a previous marriage and his dad lives in another country actually always has from the time I was pregnant, I actually became a single mom pregnant and going through a divorce and, you know, and, and honestly that stability and like having the background of working really did help like give us more stability at the time. And I just dove right into it. I went right back to the, you know, what I was doing, climb the ladder. And I, I think I had instilled in me this kind of like, okay, this is going to be me and this kid and we're on our own and I got to do whatever I got to do to provide for this little boy. And it, I just jumped right into it. And I, I moved from that job, which was such a saving grace job at the time. I got that job five months pregnant. And my last interview, I said to my boss, I said, listen, I'm just going to give you an out. I'm pregnant. And and she was like, oh God. Um, Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, you'll have a maternity leave or whatever, but I don't care. So grateful for that job and those people. And then I really just got into this drive mode where I say this a lot, you know, as an entrepreneur, I want to be drawn, not driven. And at that time in corporate, I was very driven and it was just like, it was about money and it was about stability for me. And and many of us find ourselves in those circumstances. Totally. I mean, sometimes it's about different things, but you know, I was in this kind of climbing the ladder mentality. I was so proud that I was like a managing director of my business and I was over regions and, you know, I, and I am, we, we won't have to go into this, but I'm an Enneagram three. So I am an achiever at heart mm-hmm. and I just went into like achievement mode, <laughs> but I got so burned out because again, I'm a single mom. All my extra energy was spent with this little boy. I mean, I say this all the time, but if you knew me back then, anywhere I went, my little, my little one went with me, you know, whatever Aww. age he was. And we were just connected at the hip. We still are. He's right here in the other room. Um, but I got to the point where I was like, what I was doing in the whining and dining and taking people out at night on my free time were just like you said, the most important people in my life. I wasn't spending the most time with, you know, because I was chasing that, that dream and chasing the money and the stability to what, to spend, you know, a few more hours before my son goes to bed. So I thought, look, it's great. I've made good income. And I was really scared to leave it behind. I was, mm-hmm. but at the time I was making a base salary and then I was making extra income, you know, commissions basically. Okay. And they, they were about the same. It was about 50, 50. So I thought, you know what, if I go and look for a new job, I could probably be fine on my salary. And that way I wouldn't have a commission income where I have to go wine and dine and be with people. And so right. I started kind of looking and thinking, okay, what could I do? And just a business that I had worked with in the past said, Hey, we'd love for you to come on in house. Obviously you'd have to forfeit commissions, but what's your salary? Like we'll pay you your salary, you know? And at the time I had a multi six figure salary 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Yes, I'll be leaving my commissions behind. But immediately in my mind, I thought, if I need to find another way to make that up, I can find another way. Mm-hmm. And this would be a 40 hour a week job. I can make that happen. So I stopped focusing so much on the money, even though that was hard. It was half of my income, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I was like, but I'll have more time. And honestly, mm-hmm. around that time, I met my now husband yeah. and it was, it, it even more drove home. Like I can't be out with, you know, men <laughs> my clientele, you right. know, that I didn't want to be around anyway. anyway. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and, and, you know, I always say this, my dad is phenomenal in what he does. And he started in sales really too, but he, because men were his key demographic of clients, he made them his best friends and looking into it, it was like, I'm never going to be best friends with these people. This right. is not who I want to spend time with, you know? And so it just was never a good like heart fit. It just never was. Yeah. Um, and so I moved over there and that was an oil and gas company. And very shortly after, I want to say six months after oil and gas just crashed, it was 2015 mm-hmm. and oil and gas went from being about $80 a barrel to $15 a barrel. And we mm-hmm. never thought it would get that low. And, you know, and so my company, I worked in the corporate office, there was multiple producing offices and they were like, we just can't keep corporate people here because Oof. y'all don't do the work. I mean, you do the corporate work, but you don't do the the production work, you right. know? So they gave me a, a, a severance, which was also a huge blessing because it was about a half a year's worth of severance. And I just started wow. going, okay, how much, how can I make more money now while I have the severance and I don't want to go back to what I was doing before? What do I do? So at the time I was health coaching for an MLM mm-hmm. and I didn't even notice it, but I was making about $70,000 a year doing that. Wow. And, <laughs> and I will say there was another time where I worked for that same MLM that I was more focused on building that business and I did not make that income. So it's interesting that I was working for that MLM just for fun, telling everybody about this product that I love. Yeah. Um, I made about 70,000. And then there was a restaurateur that needed a, an assistant, but he was like, I don't have an office, so it would be virtual. Do you want to do some social media stuff for me? I'll pay you about $75,000 a year. And I was like, I mean, yeah. Of course. And that was, <laughs> that was where I really started seeing like, okay. And, and I will say it was hard for me to not be a corporate executive level employee, you know, that kind of thing. And to have these kind of odd jobs, but right. to be honest, I was making more money <laughs> right. and I was staying at home and I, you know, I didn't have to send my kid to daycare till 6 PM. I could pick him <laughs> up at three and I could, you know, and it was like, okay, there's something to this. There's something to this. So you can have multiple income streams. You can, and for me, I am somebody that can kind of shift focus on one thing to the next. Maybe not everybody is interested in doing that, right? but it was an eye-opening year where it was like, you can have the income you want and, and have the time freedom that you need. So that was really the switch. I, I was forced out in a lot of ways, but I was also seeking something different. Yeah. And it's just, you had like the openness to do that and like the willingness to do it too. And then I think like something that just stood out too, is like, sometimes we get caught up in like these status symbols. And like you just said, like the other option was bringing in more cash flow. yet there is still kind of this resistance or hesitation tied to like this corporate executive type of status. Well, like in our culture, people can recognize that more. Like they're like, they get that, right? Like, I feel like it's more like, oh yeah. Like, oh, you're a corporate exec. Okay. Right. Like, I do like consulting, freelance work, odd jobs. Somebody needs something. I'm there, but I'm actually making more money. People are like, oh, so it's like getting past what other people think and like focusing yes. on yourself. 
And then you, a big switch was like, you said you were like very like money led. And then you started being more heart led. Yes. And that like opened up doors. Absolutely. More heart led to multiple cash flow streams. And what you said too, like when you were just having fun, like you were bringing in substantial income too. And so it's like having all of those things aligned, I think really helped. Yes. And it's just such a cool story. Um, And you're very resourceful. I think that's a good trait to, to be mindful of is just having the ability to be like, I can go look this up and right. then I'm getting stuck or when I'm not moving at a good pace. Now I need to go get support. Maybe I need to invest in myself and pay for some support, pay for a coach right. pay for or pay for a course. Like it's not just trying to figure it out all on your own. <laughs> so. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did. I mean, I definitely, I mean, even when quote unquote coaching was new or kind of woo woo, you know, to have <laughs> a life coach or like a business coach or something like that, I was in, I, I took multiple coaching courses back then, which helped a lot. It still helps me today. And it shows me like, oh my gosh. And this person who was coaching me back in 2015, 2018, they're still doing it now, but they have all these different ways of reaching people online now. And, and now they're kind of at the top of their field. And now it's, it's a big booming business, you know, to actually get to talk to somebody who, like you said at the beginning, I was led to work with them because they were like me, you know, and like you said, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I didn't vibe with somebody else that was doing the exact same thing. I vibed with Shalene Johnson or, you know, whoever it was. And it was like, there's, there's hundreds and thousands of people doing it, but she's got her tribe. She's got hers. She's got, you know, so it, it was, and that was, I think that was a big, you know, milestone, like stepping stone toward getting more into the online space for sure. And and just like you said, feeling like what makes me feel good? Okay, how can I bring that to as much people as I can over the internet, not one-on-one, you know? Mm-hmm. And then how can I monetize that? There's gotta be a way to monetize that, so. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, a lot of my listeners are mamas and a mom overwhelm can be real. Um, it's on your personality type too, or whether you're more prone to like anxiety and things like that. Um, I've definitely experienced mom overwhelm, still do sometimes. And I know other moms can relate because like, we're, we're always like kind of our mom brains. A lot of times, like we're thinking of all the things like doctor's appointments, outfits for school. Oh, and like, I just missed pajama day last week and I felt terrible. But anyway, so I know. <laughs> like, it's pajama day at school and you got to lay out the pajamas that actually still fit. Um, and then you have your own things going on. Like I have a, a nine to five job. So I'm like, I got to respond to email. I got work projects I'm in charge of. Oh, and I probably need to be a good wife too. And like, remember my husband's birthday. <laughs> which is today, you know, like there's all the things (laughs) that are going on. And sometimes like that can send us into like this chaotic whirlwind. And I know for me, sometimes it's paralyzed me before where I'm just like, I feel like I can do nothing because I just feel stuck. So I want to kind of shift into some things that you've talked about before in your podcast too, where developing these habits, rhythms, and systems to kind of help with that. So if you could share a little bit about that, as far as like what mamas can do today, like what actions can they start taking today to help with that overwhelm and kind of how that translates into setting up some, some systems. Absolutely. And so I'll just preface by saying you have to do what works for you. Mm. And what I mean by that is you can't just like Google you know, best routines for moms. And then be like, I have to do that because if I don't do that, then I'm not doing the best routine for moms. And then, and now you're in this anxiety, you know, hamster wheel of like, why can I not do this? And I did that for a long time because like you, health and wellness is really important to me. Um, And we were talking offline a little bit about this before, but I think that health and wellness as moms, we act like that's a luxury or it's like, going to the spa or taking time away from your kids or something. And it's like, no, 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 no. First and foremost, I think that 
you've got to be healthy. You've got to be well, and you have to find time or make time. And I say that because maybe you have to wake up an hour earlier, or maybe you have to not go to sleep for an hour, a little bit hour later. You got to find time somewhere to devote to moving your body, you know, treating yourself well, having some downtime, being mindful, that kind of thing. But I think that for me, you kind of got to go on your off of your personality. And so I, I like, I like these three types of thing, rhythms, routines, and rituals. And I think that there, you can be a little bit of both. You can have a little bit of all, I guess, but I think that you, you most likely kind of gravitate toward one or the other. And I think for me, that's really helped me with overwhelm. So for instance, like with rhythms, rhythms are not tied to a time of day. So for me, they tend to work better because, you know, if my kid doesn't sleep through the night and I need like maybe a few more hours in the morning or whatever that might be, (laughs) and then I'm not thrown off of, oh, wait a minute, but I was supposed to wake up at five and now everything is pushed back two hours or no, the rhythms are more like, okay, these are the things that like, without a doubt, I have to accomplish today for my mind, for my body, for my business. Right. So it's very much for me, like, okay. And things that are hard for me, I tie, I tie other things to them. So like, for instance, if I do want to work out when I wake up, if I have that time, if that makes sense for that day, I usually will put like my coffee cup and my devotional book, like by my alarm, and then I'll put my workout clothes out, um, you know, like right by my bed so that when I wake up, my gut reaction is hit the snooze. But if I see, well, no, no, no. If I wake up, I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to do my devotional. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to do, and I can tie that to, that makes me feel so good. That's going to make me feel relaxed for the day. You stop thinking so much about, I just want that 30 more minutes of sleep. And you think more about 30 more minutes is not going to do anything, but spending time, quiet time alone with the Lord, planning my day, getting ready, moving my body. That's going to do a lot for me that day. So I think when you tie those little Mm -hmm. triggers to what's going to make you feel good, that helps a lot with like rhythms that day. Or for me, I've just done when I brush my teeth in the morning, because that's something that I always do. I pray, you know, and I just start saying my prayers for the day. It could be affirmations. It could be whatever it is for you that clears your mind. Because I think as moms, the first step in like stopping the overwhelm is we got to wake up every morning with a clear mind. And that means you got to be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, we just like you said, it, it's the simplest things of just waking up and going, oh my gosh, I didn't get my kids staying out of their shoes. Now their shoes are wet. They're in the way. Okay, wait, we just go to this place of busyness and things that we didn't do. And we're already starting the day being negative and scattered. Yeah. <laughs> So I would definitely say that mindfulness is going to be the the number one thing to do for overwhelm. And then honestly, for me, it's been the simplest little achievements. And I will say I am definitely like a check the box type of person. It makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, And I know there's that there's that um, army general that gave that speech. It was a commencement speech. And it was basically when you wake up in the morning, make your bed. And he was just saying, like, you will be amazed at how productive and how clear you are if you wake up every morning and you make your bed. (laughs) And I used to never be that regimented about making my bed, but I know now once I do one little baby task and also you, it makes your room look cleaner. You see things that are cluttered. You see things that are out of order. Once you make your bed and you're like, okay, let me, let me get a handle on that. Again, you're kind of clearing your mind. You're kind of setting the stage, but I make my bed. I feel good. I get that little dopamine hit 
Yeah. Um, I did something today. I woke up and I did something today. It's inertia, right? It's like an object in motion stays in motion. So like if you can get up and you can just do that little task of making your bed, what is the next rhythmic thing that goes with that? So for me as a mom, the biggest thing that overwhelms me, especially working from home is laundry. I just, it gets everywhere and it's just, it's clutter and it's like mind clutter too. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just like, it's everywhere and there's too many people in this house and there's too many items, <laughs> you know? And so for me, it's like, I make my bed, I go gather laundry. And I actually learned this from Ali Kazaza. If you guys, she wrote a book, Unclutter Like a Mother. So, so it's been so monumental of me like getting uncluttered. And I think that's a huge part of it, but I make my bed and I immediately go gather whatever everybody has in their laundry basket. And I put it in and then I know, okay, at some point in the day, that's going to go in the dryer. And then at some point in the day, it's going to get folded and put away. So I'm not like, okay, I put the laundry in. So now I'm kind of waiting around and then I got to put it in the dryer and I got to fold it. No, I'm just like, I got to get that off my plate today so that there's not five bins of laundry right. around in every room. And now we're doing that and staying up late and folding laundry because it's just not productive and who cares about laundry? <laughs> You know, so, I mean, it's those kind of things. I think when you can tie one action to another and we can set yourself up for a clean slate, you know, quiet space planned. And I mean, even as moms, just getting that mindfulness in the morning, even if you can't maybe move your body that day or you get thrown into something else, it's having that clean slate and just going, okay, I'm going to focus what's most important to me today. And maybe one day that's work, but maybe one day that's, you know, getting to spend 20 real minutes with your kids and not having to be, you know, trying to throw the laundry in and finish dinner and do all these things. And real, so you get to choose, you get to choose every day. Like, how am I going to clear a little bit of overwhelm away? Maybe create a little system that I do every day to clear that space. But then what's most important today? I'm going to focus on, on that today. You know? Yeah, that's really good. I think it, it probably answers some of my other questions. Cause I was going to ask what it relates for the rhythms thing. Is that like, what do you do on those days? Cause like a lot of times we'll have these plans. I know for me, I, my personality is like, my preference is to be like, okay, at 5am <laughs> I'm waking up and then, then I'm going to do, I'm going to get dressed. Then I'm going to have my prayer and devotional time for 20 minutes where I read my devotion. I pray, think on scripture, talk with God do my little worship music. Boom. Now I'm going to do my 10 minute meditation in the morning. Then I'm going to head to the gym. This is all before my kids wake up. So it's just wonderful. Right. Yeah. I'm exactly. Head to the gym. And that's what I try to do every Monday. Cause that's like the day that I don't go to one of the days I don't go to the gym on the, in the evenings. And like on those days, I feel so freaking good. Like I'm just, I told my husband, I was like something about when I like get up in the morning and get all that stuff done. It's like, I feel so accomplished. So it's definitely mental. But you know, the other thing is like on some Sunday night, I have a two-year-old. So like there's some curveballs that get thrown. And so that's what my question is going to be. What happens when those curveballs get thrown where it's like, yeah, I was going to get up, up at 5am, but my son is sick. He's been coughing all night. He's been laying up under me. I've been getting no sleep. So why hold myself to that same standard that I that's had right. in my little box of plans? But if you have these rhythms, you're not comparing yourself to this set of standards that is so rigid. To work right. with, with rhythms, I'm still successful if I can still kind of fit in some of these things that I know help me. Like yes. five minutes today of mindfulness. I don't, I don't get to do my 10 minute mindfulness practice. Right. <laughs> Maybe my prayer time is now just going to be throughout the day because I, when I'm brushing my teeth, cause now I can't have this single devoted time. So I love that you shared that and talked about that because I think people have kind of generally thought of like these routines and structures as more rigid, but there's so much flexibility that's involved, especially as 
a mom. <laughs> so yeah. And just like you said, I mean, you get to choose what's most important that day, you know? So like for me, sometimes, I mean, I want to work out five times a day or five times a week, <laughs> but you know, if I, if I miss like a good nugget of time where, you know, my kids aren't here and I don't have something for work or, you know, and then, and then maybe that day I just end up not working out. It's for me in the morning, I'll say like, okay, I didn't wake up at five. I didn't really get started on my work block until like an hour later. I just can't see where I'm going to get this time in today. And I just have to be okay with that. It's like, was that the most important thing today or not? And then just to be able to let that go. And I know that's hard, especially for people who mm -hmm. are rhythmic and are very routine because you feel a, like you failed at one thing, which as moms, I feel like we feel that a lot. Like I failed at that. I let that ball drop. But at the end of the day, it's like, you just didn't work out today. Millions of people are not working out ever, you know? And so I think that we, we allow ourselves to get into this, like, but what if I can't do all the things that I wanted to do today? It's like, it's okay. Know that you had that hard night the night before and go, okay. And maybe for you, it's like, but I know that even though I feel super tired, if I can move my body for 20 minutes today, I'm going to feel so much more alert. And yeah. so that is more important maybe than getting two loads of laundry done or what, you know, it's like, what's going to give me, what's going to set me up for feeling good today and for feeling productive, what's going to aid in productivity, what's going to aid in feeling well, you know? Yeah. And so I think we get to choose and we forget that we get to choose. Cause we're like, <laughs> but that, that load of like dishes is like just looking at me, staring at me all day. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> just let it go. And I will say with like mundane tasks like that, that I think we place so much importance on. And I get it because when dishes are looking at me and laundry is looking at me, I just want to go there first, you know, but right. I have to remember like that's a mundane task. And what has helped me is I will say, okay, once I get everything that I need done for me to feel good, to show up, to be energetic, to be productive, no matter what happened the day before or during that day or whatever it is, I got to do that for me so that I can then pour from a full cup, you know, yeah. to everything else. And I use timers. That's the only thing I can do because I'm like, I can find 20 minutes. Yeah. I can find 20 minutes. Like maybe I have a work call or I have this or I have editing or whatever it is, but I did what I need to do for me. And then here's this 20 minutes. I'm going to set a timer and I'm just going to like speed clean whatever I need to. And it's kind of like gives me that when you have that deadline or you know what that timer is going to ding, you get through it a lot faster when <laughs> the overwhelm is when you just see it, you're like, that's going to take me an hour out of my day. And then I'm really hungry. And I went and it's like, no, you have 15 minutes or you have 20 minutes or whatever it is ready, go. And then you're focused and you're done and you can check that off. And for me, if I don't do it with timers, it drags out. I watch a YouTube video. I'm like, and then it, there the mess still sits, you know? So I would definitely recommend that for like the mundane tasks for sure. Yeah. I've noticed it works for kids too. Like if my daughter, like she likes to like take her time mosey around, like, okay, go put your PJs on. And she's like one foot in the, in the pant hole. And then it's yeah. like, Hey mom, I want to talk to you about something. And so like, I started using timers with her and like, she's like, Ooh, okay, timer, I got to get this done. And so it's crazy how it just is like a natural thing that works. But yes, um, what stood out to me is like, re you got to retrain your mind. Like this isn't going to happen overnight to where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't like stress about the dishes anymore when I know there's something more important. And like, right. it's going to be a journey. But like, as you do it more and more, I think it'll get easier to be like, I've already tied so much value to these top three things that are most important to me today. And this is like a, th a theme that comes through for me, especially with like fitness, health and faith and all of this. Like, I want to just feel better. I think a lot of moms, like we want to just feel good. Like, so yeah. that's going to be at the top of my priority list. So 
let me, let me retrain my mind to think about what's going to make me feel good and be able to serve and do what I know that I'm called to do in this moment, in this day and having flexibility and all those things. And like, just don't beat yourself up when it still bothers you a little bit. Cause I think slowly day by day, you'll get to a point where it really doesn't like itch at you that you didn't get your dishes done that day. Yes. (laughs) So, and I think that's where that mindfulness comes in. So that was where I tried to make that the friend, I, I'm not perfect. I don't do this every right. single day. And you should know if you're listening, you're not, probably not going to do this every single day from the start. I mean, it's something that, like you said, you really have to train your mind to do. But for me, what helps me is if I'm very mindful in the morning and say, okay, wait a minute, because a lot of things like, okay, if you want to wake up at 5am and you want to you know, get your workout in and you want to like train your body to just do that and to get better at that, And I say this on my podcast, guess what you can't do? You can't stay up till one in the morning, like watching Netflix. You can't drink a bottle of wine the night before with friends. Like it's not going to work. You're not going to want to wake up. You're not. And so, yes, you can do those fun things or you can have a night where you stay up late and watch movies or hang out or go out or whatever it is. But if your goal is feeling good, it helps to kind of take those other things away. Like, you know, during the pandemic, my husband and I were like, have we ever drank this much in our lives? Like, it was crazy. We were like, we would just always be like a glass of wine makes us feel better at night. Da, da, da. And then we weren't waking up early in the morning. And we were like, why? Because wow. we're drinking wine every night. Like, you know, and it's like, but when we brought it back to like, but what makes us feel really good. And by the way, leaner and healthier mm-hmm. and is when we cut out the alcohol, we go to bed earlier. We, you know, and so I think when you can have that mindfulness, whether it's at night and I've been practicing this with my children a lot lately and they have, it's been amazing for them, but like, and it sounds crazy, but like meditation, if you're sitting there in silence and I always laugh because I think Ellen DeGeneres had a stand up where she's like, it's crazy. We pay for silence, like with yoga and stuff. And she's like, we pay for this. <laughs> she goes, and it's amazing what comes up in silence. And she was like, you'll be sitting there and it's like, mama makes whites bright, like, like the Clorox commercial or something. She's right. like the things that come up in silence. But my son, we've been doing this practice of like meditating at night and meditating is not creepy or crazy. And it's, it's just sitting in silence and like seeing what comes up, like getting to know yourself a little bit more. And my son will say like, mom, I was thinking about me and my friend Ellie and like us golfing and how we could get better at that. And I'm like, what? Like, and this is really helping before he goes to bed, like quieting anxious thoughts and really like bringing it down. And so I think if you can find a time either in the night or in the morning or both where you're like, who do I want to be? And I say this a lot. Like I like to base my routines on like my future self. Who Mm -hmm. do I want to be? I'm the girl who has so much energy that I'm present with my kids. I'm present in my business. I'm, you know, I'm present with the Lord. I know, you know, the path that he has for me. I'm, we have a good relationship. I'm intimate with my friends and family and all this stuff. You know, I want to be that girl. And so what do I need to do to be that person? Not what do I need to do to get this done and be productive? You know, and I think when you can sit with a little bit of mindfulness and go, remember, I'm that healthy person who has energy. Okay. I'm going to go to bed on time. I'm going to wake up earlier. I want to move my body sometime today, you know, that kind of thing. So when you tie it more to like, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up and not what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to check off? What's my productivity? It does help you to get more into that rhythm of like, okay, so let me, let me train my body to do this. Let me train my mind to do this. Cause that's who I want to show up and be. Yeah. That that's, sense. that's really good. I mean, yeah, we could spend a whole episode on that too. Just, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a shift and I think it's happening, but it's just a shift in our culture and our, our goal culture, our goal oriented culture is like not being so focused on the goal, but like 
who you want to be. And then what are the things that I need to change to get to that? Like what things that I'm doing, what things am I doing that are no longer serving who I want to be? And I think you talked about it too, which is a good point is like knowing yourself, like get to know yourself a little bit more. What works for me? Like, okay, this may have worked for Lauren or Stacey, but it's not working for me. So what are things that make me feel good? What things can Stacey do like myself? What can I do for those things? So I think that's important to talk about too. And I'm glad you shared all of that because this is so good and helpful. Good. Um, (laughs) Okay. I know you answer, you're answering like so many of my questions. I'm like, she already knows. (laughs) She already knows. So could you just share like a little personal insight into like, let us know what your day looks like on a day-to-day basis on a normal day, like how it looks when something too crazy hasn't happened. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and I think what's hard is, and I think this is hard for maybe new entrepreneurs or people who are, you know, doing multiple things, having multiple income streams, people who work nine to five, I always say this, but like, it forces you into some type of routine, right? Yep. I mean, it, it, and I think that's the beauty of like getting up, getting ready, going to work because it's like, you're very mindful of, okay, I have this time before I have to drop my kids off at school or I have this time before daycare or whatever it is. And then I got to go to work. And then while I'm at work, I got to get these things done. And so mm-hmm. then you're also very mindful of after work, you know, I need to do this or that. And so I got to get myself ready and prepared for that. And here's what time I have. So for me, somebody working from home, um, and just, you know, I mean, for, for a while I was like, when I left corporate and I was like, really like a stay at home mom. And then with the pandemic, when our kids weren't even going to school, I was like, I guess I'm just like a stay at home mom. Like that's what I, and, and I love, I have many friends who are stay at home moms and they just want to be stay at home moms. And I think that's the hardest job that any of us have 100%. And (laughs) I think if you are a mom and working, that is like, you're, you're already doing so many incredible things. Like, please pat yourself on the back for that because that's amazing. Just being a mom is so much, but for me, somebody who is working and running businesses from home and my kids are home and then they're going to school and that kind of thing. I think it's harder to put yourself into routine anyway. So for me, the best way I've found to do that is blocking my time. And it doesn't always work, but if I can say, and it just makes you more present at like whatever you're doing. So if I can say, and tell your family and tell your friends and everything like that, like, you know, and this also helps when you do get thrown off. So if you're like, okay, from 5am until 630, that's my me time. So if I don't have that time, I got to reschedule my me time in another block, you know, because I missed it or whatever. And that's okay. I can find another block for it, but that was the time for me time. When my kids wake up at 6.45 or whatever it is until they get dropped off at school at eight o'clock, that's kid time. So it's like breakfast and talking with my kids mm-hmm. and getting their backpacks and all that. And it's like, if I try to shove work or me time into that block of time, first of all, relate, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not present with my kids, you know? And we all do this. We're like, but hold on, let me just like, ex- let me respond to that email right, or wait, let wait. me, yeah. So you're like, okay, wait, let me respond to this. Let me do this. Let me, you know, whatever. Someone's calling me and it's like, no, 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 no. If you can really just focus on like, nope, it's seven. So from six 30 to eight, that's my kid time. And, and your blocks can look totally different for you based on, you know, your, your business and your, your life. But it's like, okay, then once eight o'clock hits, I'm like, okay, eight 15, by the time I get home, until like 9 15 or 10 15 it changes sometimes because i need that's another like it's either like a planning block or like a me time block like whatever i didn't get done and then for me work is like from 10 to noon that's one work block um you know so then you give yourself time so it's like it's 8 15. i could get home and i could just go work out 
And then I could go right into that work block at 10 or whatever that looks like. Or I could, you know, pay some bills or mail Christmas cards or whatever that looks like. That's like my me time. Um, A lot of people will do like an out of the house time where it's like an errand time where, okay, from lunchtime, like let's say noon to one, one 30. Yes. I'm eating lunch, but I'm also like running errands or, you know, doing some housekeeping things or doing laundry or whatever that might be so that you just separate it out. And for me, I set timers on my phone because I'm definitely not the type of person that could be like at nine o'clock, nine to 10 is this and 10 to 11 is this and 11 to noon is I couldn't do that. I mean, it's just, it's not fluid enough for my life, you know, and it may not be for you. You might Mm -hmm. be somebody that loves that. And you're like, no, 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 no. From nine to 10, this is what I do. Like, you know, (laughs) you have to, you have to kind of work with it. But for me, when I set up blocks and I can be open with that, you know, like, okay, from 10 o'clock, I'm going to come on Stacey's podcast. Afterward, I'm probably going to do some social media stuff. I'm going to, you know, work on my podcast, work on my website. And I can tell my husband, listen, from 10 to noon, I can't be a mom right now. (laughs) I can't be a wife right now. And I can't do laundry right now. So, and he can go, okay, great. Well, from one to two, I need to go into my office and we can switch and it can be fluid. And and that can work. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's blocking. And then knowing if you're focused on those blocks, if you miss something in your 5 a.m. block, you can put it in your 8 a.m. block or you can put it in your 9 p.m. block or mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And, and we talk about self-care, but like, you know, there has to be a time when also moms, I will say, if you want to help with overwhelm, stick to a routine with your children. Because for me, and especially like holidays right now, if my self-care is going to come in at 840 after my kids go to bed at 830, then I need them to go to bed at 8.30. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like when we're like, okay, but I've got other things and I'm not focused on what I'm doing. And then my kids didn't really make it to bed until 9.15. And then one of them's getting out of bed or, you know, whatever. And then you don't have your me block until 9.45. And then you're exhausted and you're like, forget it. I'm not going to move my body. I'm not going to take a bath. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to roll on the foam roller or whatever makes me feel good or meditate (laughs) because I'm exhausted, you know? Um, And so I think when you have your kids to that schedule where you're like, and also I can't spend time with my husband if my kids never go to sleep on time, right? you know, like all these different things. And so I think it really, you got to get that with your kids to where, you know, when your kids are awake, you're being present with them. You've made that time, but then they need to go to bed and you need to have time for yourself, your husband, your business, whatever it looks like for you at that time. And then you can be fluid with it. It's like, Maybe I, I did do my 5 a.m. routine. Yay for me. I did do my like mindfulness and spend time with the Lord and all that stuff. So then when it hits 840, I'm shopping on Amazon or taking a bath or watching a YouTube video or whatever it is, talking to my husband, you know? So yeah. I think that's really important to build that flexibility in, but still have a framework for focus, focus yeah. time. Yeah, it's a balance and having that judgment. And again, it's a learning process, like having the judgment to be like, okay, well, no, we are. This is a hard, like some stuff is hard stuff. That's what I'll say. Like some stuffs are hard stops. Like bedtime, it's the same thing at my house. Like bedtime from day one. Like that was one thing. I didn't know how beneficial it was when I first became a mom, but now I'm like, man, we're, me and my husband are like, I'm sure glad we always made sure that they took, we, we still do nap time on the, it, yep. it's the same every time. And we still do. Everybody knows it. Like, oh, is that going to be around y'all's nap time? Like, yeah, that's nap time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It really does help with everything. Like it's those little things that you talked about earlier too. Like the small shifts sometimes can make such a big impact. Like, so don't sleep on those small changes too that you can make. And then at the other big thing you talked about was time blocking. It's something that I've heard more, talked about more recently in the last few years, but it definitely, when I actually do it, like when I actually do it, it works. And I do the same thing. I set the timer. 
And then I'm like, okay, for an hour and a half, I'm going to work on this project. And like, I've even told, I've even told someone like my coworkers before, like if I don't respond to an email immediately, it's because I'm doing a time block, but my time blocks are usually no more than 90 minutes. So right. That I'll probably be able to get back to you within that time frame because of my type of work, a lot of people need to hear back from me. But if I do that all day, I'm not going to get the actual, you know, deliverables that I need to get done. So right. some stuff is non-negotiable. Some stuff is flexible and it's figuring out what that is for you and what that looks like. And if you haven't heard about time blocking, basically like Lauren talked about a little bit, it's like what she said, exactly. Identifying certain time blocks where you're going to focus on one thing so you can be present. And that can even be for personal things. Like this is a, I have time, me and my husband have not to TMI, but we have time blocks for certain stuff. Okay. Like (laughs) you have to, you (laughs) do. So so yeah, just try it and see how it goes. So Lauren is sharing so much good stuff that I think will be so helpful for everybody. So I want to get into a little bit of like the mom side of thing. Like you've talked about some things that really touched my heart, like how you and your first were like attached at the hip, like when you were a single mom and just how precious that is and how much bonding goes on with that. But in general, what's your favorite thing about being a mom? Oh my gosh. So many things. I think that it's just, you know, I think, and this might be a little deep, but I think that, um, it's so hard for us to really know ourselves, you know, and I've been actually just had somebody come on my podcast, um, the other day, uh, Georgie Alexander, and she does a lot of, (laughs) yes. And she does a lot of intuitiveness and like recentering and breathing and like getting to know yourself. And it's so hard for moms because we're just so pulled in so many different directions. But I think like with children and when you have your own kids that you can so see just these little miracle humans and like who they are. And it's incredible to me to, to know like, Oh my gosh, I have these little humans walking around (laughs) and I can so see like the center of who they are and like just the goodness and the joy and, you know, just like the little lights in them and what makes them different and what makes them, you know, just like light up. And they're all so different. I have three kids and yep. they're all so different. And so I think just like really being, I, don't, I just don't know if you could be connected any deeper to any other <laughs> human <laughs> on that level, uh, you know, that level of like, like a miracle, like you're, you were created, you know, I mean, and it's just so crazy. I just don't know that you could be, that you could feel love in that way in any other way. I mean, you can feel love for your spouse in more of like a romantic way and, you know, right. a partnership, but like with kids, I think it's just like having that connection with them and knowing, mm-hmm. even though kind of, you know, getting to see, I think that's it too. Like how Christ loves us. Mm-hmm. I think that that has been such an eye opener because, you know, like when your kids do the wrong thing or when they're sassy or when they're, <laughs> you know, when they, it's like you, you will love them no matter what. And it's just kind of that connection. I think that's so fun about being a mom is that these are just these little people that, you know, you've brought into your life and you're, you're mothering them and raising them up and you get to see it from start to finish. And it's like, yep. It's just the coolest thing to see these little humans and how they're going to develop and interact and show up in the world, you know? So I think just getting to know them and who they really are and just getting to be their mom is just yeah. so fun. It's, it's indescribable. It's magical. It's all the it things is. you can't explain it fully, but you try to. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's just that connection and knowing like for me, I mean, I birthed all my children. So knowing like, oh my gosh, we made you, you came out of me. Like, I can't believe you know, that happened. But I mean, even, even for moms that, you know, have, uh, you know, adopted children, I mean, I have 
little nieces, I call them really, really good friends, daughters that I've known since they were one. And it's like, it's that same connection of like, oh my gosh, like you're mine. And like, I get to see you be a real person and like, you know, love other people and show up in the world. And it's just so cool. I mean, I just think it's so neat to see kids go from infants to like full grown humans, you know, and their personalities. It's all really, really cool. And I love how you talked about, like, you start understanding more about Christ's love for us because sometimes like the Holy spirit will remind me, like when I'm getting frustrated with my kids, it's like, um, do you know that you've done way worse and I've still loved you a yeah. thousand times more? Like, and so it just reminds me about how to parent and how to show grace and still be, still show discipline and all those things, but not to get so frustrated to where I lose my patience. Like think about how patient God has been with us. Like, oh let that gosh. be your blueprint for how patient you are with your kids. Cause that's something I've been working on. I joke about it with other moms. I'm like, I need some of your patience. Cause like, it's been something that's a struggle for me, but that reminded me what you said, like, it's just looking at that blueprint about God's love for us and his patience for us and trying to implement yeah. the same. It's not easy, but no, and it's, all those things too, with the mindfulness, it helps, right? Like, Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's also been such a, a good reminder for me. I mean, we've, I mean, you know, my son's almost 10 now. And so he travels to another country to see family, you know, from my, um, my past marriage and mm-hmm. see his dad and stuff. And he flies by himself. He has since he's six. So it's also been such a good reminder. I spent a lot of time with God saying like, I need to remember that he loves them more than even I do, Yep. you know? And it's just like that when you have that mom guilt or mom anxiety, and it's like, but just know that like God loves them even more than you. If you could ever imagine, it's so hard to comprehend that, but then it's like, but he's, he is protecting them. He is loving them. He is, you know, he's way more mother hen than we could ever dream of. I'm so grateful that we have a God who loves our kids and created our kids. And, you know, we, when we feel like we can't do enough, like he can, you know? And so it's been such a good comfort to me to kind of know that, there truly is a guy that loves my kids more than me, which seems insane. (laughs) And it's a big release. You know, I've heard, like, I remember some moms would, would warn me like, Oh, you're going to worry all the time. You're going to worry about them all the time. And I'm like, well, you know, according to my faith, and I get what they're saying, because you have this concern about your kids all the time. Right. But it's like, according to my faith, like he's given me no spirits of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. So like, I'm not going to let that type of anxiety, like spiral me down. Cause it can, if you cannot be with your kids all the time. Right. Possibly can. And they're going to grow up and they're going to go out on their own, hopefully, and not be around you every day, all the time anymore. (laughs) But like, there's no way you could control everything. And like, you've got to have that release and that let go. And like one thing that God told me, he was like, oh, I can take care of them way better than you ever could. Yes. Like, like, you know, put me in my place then because it's so true. Yes, We're probably the best humans to take care of them, but like, there's something far beyond what we could do. And I want them to have that relationship. I want them to be able to know that like, it's not all on them, you know, and it's not, I'm not your end all be all either. Like sometimes like kids can like glorify their parents up to this level. And it's like, no, 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 I'm human too. Like I'm going to probably let you down sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) There's somebody I need you to know that that will never let you down, you know? So I think it's so important that that's coming through. And what's an area of your motherhood journey that you've been growing in and working through and trying to get better at? I think control. I mean, you know, especially when my kids are growing up, you know, like I said, my son's almost 10 and he travels by himself a lot. And and it's just, it's been that control of like, if I can't control it, I'm spiraling, you know? And, you know, my daughter, she's our middle child and she is like our feisty, you know, <laughs> strong-willed one. I, I always laugh. I read the strong-willed child 
um, when my son was younger and then I had my daughter and I was like, he was not strong-willed. Okay. <laughs> he was nothing like this girl is strong-willed. And now my, my youngest son, as he's growing up, I'm seeing him be very strong-willed. And it's like, just knowing like, I, they're not all the same. I can't, if this one did it this way, this one doesn't have to do it this way. I don't have to control it. I don't, and just really letting them be their own kids. I think for me, I struggled with a lot growing up. I just wanted to please my mom and we couldn't be more different people in the world. (laughs) And a lot of times she would really, you know, clip my wings and kind of, you know, she would just kind of I would turn into not me because I would want to do what, what my mom wanted me to do and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So I think the hardest thing for me and thing I'm, I'm wanting to really go into the most is like, let them be them and be excited for them being them. It doesn't have to be, you know, who I want them to be, or, you know, like my oldest is, I mean, all he makes is one hundreds. He's like academically, he's just off the charts. The other two might not be like that, you know? So I find myself sometimes even with the three-year-old being like, okay, did you not, that was a B, that was a letter B. Okay. And like kind of forcing (laughs) her to get it. And it's like, she's three, like letter B and (laughs) she may hate school. I don't know, you know? And it's just like, I really want to focus on letting God show me more and work on my heart that like these kids are completely different. They're their own little unique snowflake, you know, fingerprint in the world. Let them be that. Don't clip their wings. Don't let them, don't force them into being something that you think they should be for society or just let them be who they are. And I think that I struggle with controlling that a lot. And as the more that I do let my kids be themselves, the more that I feel like grateful that I got to see them be them and that's them and they're different and they're unique, you know? So yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I know I can. It's funny because like I was teaching my daughter to read and I'm like, come on now. Like, and then like, she's only like, she's like four at the time. I'm like, she's four. She's like doing sight words. She's doing the simple, like three letter words, but I'm like, you know what that sound is. And I'm like, why am I like putting so much pressure on her at four to read these long words? Like what is wrong with me? And then like, I, you talked about, it's almost kind of like people pleasing too. Like we, you don't want to create these people pleasers, right? Or create people who oh are gosh. learning to be different than who they're called to be or designed to be. And I, I loved how like Will Smith explained it one time. He was like, he learned that like his kids were like the seed, like they're all the DNA, who they're going to be is pretty much already designed. Like you're just here to water the, the water, the seeds and help it grow and flourish. But you're not here to create what it's going to be like. So like that right. is a good analogy for me, because it's like, we have these visions and dreams for some reason, like how we foresee our kids being. And sometimes we project our own dreams or like things yes. that we didn't get to do. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not there for them necessarily. So I think yes. that's super relatable and something to work on and just be mindful of and be more aware of it. And you'll start seeing, I think some progress there. And I needed to hear that too. Oh. <laughs> so thank you. Um, would you tell everybody a little bit about your podcast and then just why you decided to start it and what people can expect to hear on it? Absolutely. So I just started a podcast called actually I can, the reasoning behind it was a little bit of what we talked about today, but just, you know, I have a story of some pretty low valleys and some high peaks and just, you know, in times, I think all of us can relate to, we go through some pretty tough stuff. And I think the, the resounding result of that is that we can you know, that we can go through something really hard and we can come out the other side. And I think once you go through enough of that, you realize I can do that and I can do the next thing and I can do the next thing because, Mm -hmm. you know, I love, I don't know who's making it popular these days saying it, but you know, that little quote going around, that's like, but did you die? 
you know, and it's like, but that's so really what my podcast is about is like, did you die? No, you didn't. You, you moved on. Did it hurt? Yeah, it probably did. Was it hard? Yeah. But you came out a different person. You learned more from it. And what you really learned is you can, you can do the next hard thing and the next Mm -hmm. hard thing. And so my podcast talks about that in life and motherhood, um, a lot about in business, you know, since that's kind of my story, I went from being a corporate you know, people pleaser to really just figuring out how I could earn an income and still have time for my family and my chickens and all the things <laughs> that, you know, make my life joyful. Um, and so that's really what my podcast is about. It launched um, November 29th and we have about four or five episodes right now. We've got stuff about, you know, the Enneagram. We've got one coming up about, you know, a life after divorce and how to get over loss and um, things like that. Definitely some business coaching coming up about how to really find your thing and how to, you know, go make it, go monetize it and make it a thing, really make it something and bring it to the world. I actually have a course that's going to be launching January 17th. That's all about that. It's called In the Works. Um, It's an eight week course. It's going to teach people not only how to find their thing, but how to value it, what people will pay for it, and then how to do all the little things or delegate all the little things that you don't know how to do. Like, create beautiful graphics in Canva for free, you know, um, you know, go live, reach people, build your community, uh, find your people, maybe start a course, do something to make your thing, something that brings in an income for you and your family. So um, that's going to be launching and yeah, you can find me there. Any, you could just type in actually I can, um, and listen to it anywhere you get your podcasts and hopefully we can bring a little light and bring a little inspiration and, and teach people how to take action also. So much good stuff. You need to connect with Lauren, (laughs) y'all. I mean, that's why I creep on her stuff all the time because I'm like, what is she doing today? And she's super consistent too, which I think, I mean, she shows up y'all like she's consistent and it's a bright breath of fresh air. If you're, you're on social media anyway, probably too much, but like we all are, like if you're on there, you might as well be around people that are bright lights that are consistent, that are actually doing something, making moves. Um, being around that energy is just so positive and helpful. And Lauren, where can people connect with you on the social platforms? You can find me on Instagram. It's spelled weird. I'll, I'll um, give it to you to link in the show notes, yeah, we'll but it's it. Lauren Whittington. It's like W H I T T N G T N. Um, but if you just type my name, Lauren Whittington into Instagram, it'll yeah. show up. Um, and then um, on Facebook, it's the same, just Lauren Whittington. Um, and yeah, basically I'm, I'm, I guess I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram and then on the podcast, Spotify, Apple podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. I would love to connect with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. I, I, I feel the same about you. I feel like you're such a bright light and you're just like, you radiate joy to me. Um, and I just, I love, I love following you. I love all your health stuff. Like I just, I mean, I follow you all the time too. So just so you know. That's so sweet. Of course. Nice to hear that stuff. So thank you, Lauren, for being on the podcast. I appreciate all the gems that you shared with us today. I think this is going to be so helpful just because it was already so helpful to me. And most of the time I've learned if I'm having a struggle with somebody, something, somebody else is too. So it's going to be so good and helpful. I hope you have a great rest of the week and an enjoyable day with your chickens, which I also love watching. <laughs> I need to find, I need to like find out their names so that we can make oh, a connection. And all you stuff. know, it's funny. We had to rename about five of them because we found out that we have five roosters. So for instance, we had a Cruella and now his name is Deville. So it's been, it's been an ever changing naming situation, but I think, I think we've, we've got it down now. <laughs> Thanks so much, Stacey. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. I hope you join me next week for another episode. If you want to connect with me outside of the podcast, you can reach me on Instagram at Stacy Michelle McCray. Also, if you are a mama trying to figure all these things out, like the rest of us, you can join my Facebook group faithful mom boss and connect with me there. I also have a blog that I just got up and running at stacymichellemccray.com where I put a lot of my content in written form. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you do so, so you don't miss any more episodes. And if you have time and feel inclined to do so, please leave me a written review on Apple podcasts. So other mamas can get access to the show as well too. have an amazing week and I'll see you again next week.